0: Welcome to another fun filled weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Cindy Brown. That's right, you haters. It's me. <laughs> you can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, at ck 80 That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Keita McGee on the Twitter and at Keita McGee on
1: the IG.
0: You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, first right here on YouTube. The video version will be out every Monday and Friday at War Media right here on YouTube. Once again, at War Media on YouTube, W-A-R-R Media. That's every Monday, every Friday for the video version. Our Podcast version will be out every Tuesday and Saturday at War on Anchor. Once again, every Tuesday and Saturday, the audio version at War on Anchor, which keeps you on the Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and the iHeartRadio app. We're available on all podcast platforms. Make sure you type in that search engine box, W-A-R-R. On anchor, and we're also at com, And we're on all social media platforms, including YouTube at War Media, once again at WARR Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you very much in advance for your support.
1: Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends.
0: And we are unapologetically fun. Lakina, let's kick this weekend edition off right. Uh, Let's start off with the Chicago Bears. Currently, they are are having their rookie mini camp uh, at Hallis Hall. Head coach Matt Nagy will not be there this weekend because he is isolated due to possible contact tracing from COVID-19. So we wish him the best in his recovery. Of course, rookie Josh Fields uh, is grabbing all the headlines. We'll have more on what happened and what didn't happen from Hallis Hall in our next episode. But this past Wednesday, Lakina, the schedule – for all 32 teams, we'll release, including the national schedule uh, for Sunday night, Monday night football, and Thursday night football. We'll give you some of the key matchups in just a moment from the national side. But locally, Lakina, uh, the Bears have the 10th toughest schedule in the National Football League. We'll give you the, the schedules week by week. There's, remember, guys, there are three preseason games this year. The preseason will kick off on Saturday. I, sorry, it's Saturday, August 14th at noon at Soldier Field when the Bears will host the Miami Dolphins. Week two of the preseason, which will be on August 21st, they'll face the Buffalo Bills once again at Soldier Field. That's at noon. And then week three of the preseason will wrap up on Saturday, August 28th at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. They will take on the Tennessee Titans at Tennessee. Makina, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm not going to worry about the preseason as much, except for a couple of things. Josh Fields and how the offensive line Justin, uh, Justin, holds. Justin,
1: Justin, Justin, Justin Fields.
0: <laughs> what, I said Josh Fields?
1: Yes. You said it Sorry twice. about that. You,
0: <laughs> I can't talk today, but um, Josh, uh, Josh Fields, I uh, want to see how he plays in the preseason now, due to the fact that we have three uh, games this year. And also, I want to see how the, a couple of rookies on the offensive line will do. Uh, during the preseason. And I'm interested to see around the league, Well, teams like the New Orleans Saints, now they're starting the era without Drew Brees and the Los Angeles Rams. They still have a new quarterback named Matthew Stafford, where well, head coach Sean, uh, Sean Payne from the Saints and Sean McVay from the Rams, Well, they still treat the preseason like uh, a country club and not, let, not having their stars play, even though you have one less preseason game this year?
1: It's going to be interesting to see. You, know, you look at the schedule. They, you know, the Bears have four nationally televised games, including the week one against the Rams for Sunday Night Football. They have a week nine, they got Monday Night Football. Against Pittsburgh, they go gotta go at Pittsburgh at Heinz Field. Then they got the Detroit game on Thanksgiving. You know, this is their third time playing Detroit on Thanksgiving. Why? For, I know, right? For the third time in the last four years. They're Why? Not, I, know, I don't right. need to
0: see the Bears on Thanksgiving. I'm <laughs> sorry. I know they won both those games the last couple of times, but. I'm sorry. I don't want to see them s-
1: stop. It's, it might be a travel traveling travel, I guess. Maybe they don't want to have a team travel cross country. Maybe that's why. I don't know. And then, they, and then like, a couple of weeks after that, they have at Green Bay, that's the Sunday nighter, and then they have another last nationally televised one at Minnesota for Monday Night Football. I mean, oh, they host Minnesota, I should say, for Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, they have the third toughest schedule, if you go by uh, odds. They have the third mm-hmm. toughest schedule in the NFL. It'll be interesting. What Justin Fields, when will we see him? I doubt that Matt Nagy, you know, of course, you know, you will know, we'll uh, get well soon because he was in close contact mm-hmm. with someone who had COVID. He has to isolate now. Are you going to throw Justin Fields to the Wolves in week one against the Rams, against Aaron Donald, and that defense? I don't think they're not going to do that. Um, That's why I say
0: Andy Dalton right now is your starting quarterback for week one.
1: I mean, the the Cincinnati game, I mean, we'll see where they are. I mean, you know, Cleveland, you know, they go at Cleveland. That's going to be a tough one there. So they could be Mm -hmm. one and two by the time they have that first meeting hosted Detroit. So, you know, in the week four, so that'll be interesting. Then they, got, then they go to Las Vegas and the Raiders, mm-hmm. Las Vegas Raiders. Then they, have, then they have Green Bay and Tampa Bay. You know, Tampa Bay, I'm sure they're going to want to have that revenge for that Monday night or last year. So this is a tough schedule for the Bears. I mean, they got San Fran. Of course, we mentioned Pittsburgh. You know, they host Baltimore. Mm-hmm. They host the AFC North this year and also to the NFC West. So that's gonna be this is gonna be a very tough schedule for the Bears now with the extra game maybe that should that could help them a little bit but look if they finish seven and ten or eight and nine or nine and eight I wouldn't be surprised like again we're not gonna go go you know game by game you know it's too mm-hmm. early for that but let me just see what what they decide to do here I mean, I'm 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 curious to see how this team will look because the defense is gonna look uh it's gonna be a year older you don't know how the offense is gonna look so. I don't know. I mean, I, I like playing around with the scheduling because it's just, it's just fun. It's a lot of fun. And I think it's a, you know, it's not, it's not like a big thing, but it's, it should be very interesting. No doubt.
0: Of course, it's a bigger thing with, uh, when certain games, uh, get leaked out 24 hours before, mm. uh, the actual release show, shout out to a good friend of the show and uh six, seven, the scores, uh, Danny Parkinson, he's the afternoon guy over there. He had a bunch of leaks on his Twitter mm. and I retweeted every last one of them. <laughs> but with that being said, uh, like like we mentioned last year, Lakina. even though this Bears team was technically a playoff team, they didn't look like it, especially at the end of the year. But when when you drafted a a player like uh, Justin Fields, mm-hmm. uh, it looks like the league wants to see him as a national attraction. And he's on the number three in terms of market size uh, yeah. team uh, in the NFL. And he's on the charter franchise. And many people believe that he's finally the franchise quarterback to the Bears. Uh, have longed for, and now they have selected. So, like, I agree with you. The question is, when will he play? I, as a uh, wannabe average Joe Benton man, I bet that he does not start week one. Now, do I think that Matt Nagy may have something up his sleeve in terms of using Justin Fields, assuming that Andy Dalton's the starter for that game against the Rams? Yeah, I think he'll put in a, a special player or two for, uh, for uh, Justin Fields for that game. I definitely can see that. But Justin Fields is not going to start. I'll say – I said it once. I'll say it again. Ryan Pace can breathe a little bit since he selected uh, Justin Fields. But Matt Nagy, brother, your job is still on the line. And if, and if he uh, coaches that way, which he should, he will start Andy Dalton. Now, will Andy Dalton finish the year out? Probably not. Mm-hmm. So the question is, and I'll, refer, I, I'll ask you first, when will we see Josh Fields' first start? especially now given the Bears have four primetime games? Will it be during the Green Bay game? Will it be uh, the Detroit game in early October? Will it be the Tampa game uh, uh, following the Green Bay game in late October? Or will we see Justin Fields start after the bye week, just right, right before the Baltimore game, and then three days later, the Thanksgiving Day game at Detroit?
1: Yeah, I think look, it's, it's going to depend on how the season goes, right? I mean mm-hmm. – I mean, you know, if the Bears have a, a good start, you know, they go like maybe you know four and two or three and two, maybe we might we you know we might keep seeing Dalton. But if the Bears mm-hmm. you know stink right out the gate and they're like zero oh, and four or one and three, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Nagy decides to to bring Justin Fields on and kind of you know see how he looks. I mean, like I said, I don't think they're going to throw him to the Wolves against against the, the Rams and that defense. I, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, do they, you know, do they maybe probably pass, maybe try to, you know, get him to, you know, give us some reps against Detroit, maybe one of the Detroit games, um, you know, San Frank should have a good defense. You're going to do it against them. Are going to do it against Pittsburgh, which has a pretty solid defense, you know, mm-hmm. the, and then Monday nighter, are you going to do it after the bye against Baltimore? Are you going to do it on Thanksgiving? You know, since you're going to have me on national television anyway, against Detroit, are you going to have it the week after that? against Arizona, like I said, it's going to be which you know, I'm sure their defense will be approved in Seattle. I mean, you know,
0: yeah, you go to Seattle this year, yeah, and that's so going to be tough within itself be tough, because of the crowd. Especially the
1: crowd. Yeah, especially the crowd's going to yeah. be back there, so that's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, you want to throw it to the Wolves there. So, like I said, it's all going to depend on how the season, how the season goes. If they if they stick, up, stick it up, I mean, you may see him sooner rather than later fields.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the question. When will we see Josh Fields? And take a look at the uh, rest of the schedule. Of course, you're getting towards the end of the regular season. Uh, After the Seattle game in week 16 on Sunday, December 26th, the regular season will end on January 9th. But January the 2nd, you'll host the New York Giants. And on the 9th, you'll face the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. It, it looks like it's becoming a tradition to finish the season at Minnesota for the last three or four years if you're the Chicago Bears. So we assume that jo- I'm sorry Justin Fields will be playing by then. <laughs> so uh, I think within the first six weeks, we should get an answer on whether uh, Mr. Fields will start for the year or not. And like you, like you said, it's going to depend on the record, obviously, uh, it, with the Bears. Of course, the Bears got up to a 5-1 start last year, despite uh, Nick Foles stinking it up. They was carried by their defense. If they get off to their similar start this year, I wouldn't bank on it because uh, you, if you try to use the same formula as you did last year, you're not going to get away with it. Andy Dalton was brought here to be the starter and improve the offense. You have uh, new weapons around him now, so uh, the Bears should struggle offensively. Like you said, McKinnon, uh, Justin Fields will be in. The question is when, and I, I can see between – uh, that uh, Las Vegas game uh, in week five in the second week in October or like you said the Detroit game. I think the Detroit game will probably be uh, is pro- I will probably bet the Detroit game the first game in October here in Chicago. By the way, four days before my birthday. Uh, I-, I would bet they'll be the leading candidate for that game for Mr. Fields to start.
1: Well, and like that's going to be the million-dollar question. I mean, will it be? Look, I think he. Some people have said that maybe he'll start early. You know, if he has a good training camp. Some people say he may mm-hmm. not start till after that bye week in the um in the Thanksgiving Day game, and you know maybe you know you know bring him on against Baltimore after that bye week, but. I mean, look, it's going to be very interesting. Like I said, it's going to depend on where the Bears are record-wise. Like I said, if they're if they're you know right off the gate, they you know they do well right off the gate, then you and if you know Dalton has a good start, you know, going into the season, you know fine, that's cool. But if they, but if by we'll say that Steelers game on Monday night, if they stick it up, stick up the joints, and you know and they have a bye week after that, I would say after that Pittsburgh game. You know, we, we may see Mr. Fields and plus that's a short week between they got the Ravens and the you know, Raptor right that, that Thursday <laughs> on Thanksgiving, they have the Lions. So we might see him, you know, in one of those games, depending on especially if the Bears are out of the playoff chase by that Steelers game. <laughs>
0: You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee, I am Cindy Brown as we break down the Bears schedule for 2021. And we'll go now to the to the some of the key games from the rest of the National Football League for 2021. Lakina, I'm not going to run down every game because we'll be here all day. We don't have that kind of time, but I want to headline a couple of uh, games for opening weekend for the NFL. Of course, uh, the 2021 season will start Thursday night, September 9th at 7.20 p.m. Chicago time It's the Dallas Cowboys facing off against the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For Sunday, which is the first Sunday of the regular season, September 12th, uh, Jacksonville is at at Houston to face the Texas. Will Deshaun Watson be available to play in that game? We we shall see. The Seahawks will face the Indianapolis Colts. The Jets and the Panthers from Charlotte, of course, uh, the revenge game for Sam Darnold. Um, scrolling down, the 49ers will take on Dan Campbell's uh, kneecap at Detroit Lions. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the, the headlight game for CBS at noon will be Pittsburgh at Buffalo. You have the Eagles at the Falcons. Uh, the highlight game for 325 on CBS will be Cleveland at Kansas City. That's the rematch from last year's divisional playoff round game. The Packers and the Saints were highlighted. the second game for Fox at 320, 325. Uh, the Drew Brees uh, era is over. The uh, Jameis Winston or um, Josh Hill era will begin for the team down south. And of course, Uh, The secondary game for CBS at 325 will be Dolphins at Patriots. And, of course, uh, the Sunday night game, of course, is Bears-Rams. And then Monday night football, the first time in a long time, there will not be a doubleheader this year for week one. So the only game in town will be Baltimore at Las Vegas to take on the Raiders.
1: That should be a fun one there. And I'm looking forward to that Monday Nighter. And I think mm-hmm. they do that for, I think they did it because of the fact that there's going to be an extra game this year. That's probably why they didn't do the, mm-hmm. you know, the two Monday night games, although those are. No, those are always fun, but look, I'm looking forward to that. You know, Pittsburgh Buffalo game on the white right, right off the bat. You know, week one. You know, on the CBS slate. I mean, that should be a fun one. The Cardinals-Titans, I mean, that should be an interesting one too, considering the fact that they'll have the the Cardinals team will have a have a task to try to slow down Derrick Henry, assuming that that he's going to be the starter of at offense. Remember, they got a new. The Titans have a new OC now, so that's mm-hmm. going to be very interesting. How that game is going to be called. Um, the Chargers and Washington. That should that will be interesting one there too i mean that defense will try to slow down justin herbert and the that that chargers offense um you know, the Browns and the Chiefs, you know, that should be a very interesting one there in that late slate on CBS and also Miami and uh, New England. I mean, we'll see where New England is. I mean, I know that a lot of their guys opted out last year, but mm-hmm. again, you know, a lot of those defensive guys are going to be a year older. So I, I don't know how they're going to look at I me. Mean, will Mac Jones be the starter? Will Cam Noon how long, you know, will he have his struggles? You know, I know they're going to, I know he's going to try and, and go for it, but I don't know where, I don't know where that, where that team will lead. Um, you know, as far as the Fox slate, I mean, Minnesota, Minnesota, and Cincy. I mean, you know, that could, that could be it. That could be an interesting one there. Um,
0: yeah. Maybe Joe Burrow will be back by then. Hopefully.
1: Hopefully. Um, Seattle and Indy, that's a new game on Fox. You know, that should be an interesting one there. You know, you got that defense of uh, the Colts and, you know, they were number one overall last year and, you know, and um, Russell Wilson, you know, all that, and that saga. So we'll see how they, how they look. Um, um, let's see. Oh, like you said, Sid, I mean, the Green Bay, New Orleans. Will, will Aaron Rodgers be the quarterback? I think that's going to be another number one question.
0: <laughs> because <laughs> the other game underneath that will be Denver at the New York Giants. Yes. And assuming that Aaron Rodgers has traded to Denver, which I don't see it happening, but let's just say it did. I guarantee you Joe and Troy Amy will be sent to New York City.
1: Oh yeah, instead, but I, but, like I said, yep. I, but the, yeah, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I think, I don't think so either. Because I I, look, I think, the, I think, you know, Roberts will be staying where he's at. I think this whole thing is just a big, you know, bugaboo, but you know, that that's neither here nor there right now. But yeah, I mean, look, there's some really good games in week one and, mm-hmm. you know, for both the, both the afternoon and night slates. And, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll see how Baltimore and Las Vegas, I mean, that should be a, that's going to be a fun one right off the bat on yeah. Monday night. So Look, there's going to be some great games, you know, in week one. So I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. I wish the season would start now, but we could ease into it. That's fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Let's go over to Sunday Night Football, and we'll highlight some of the uh, key games uh, for NBC's coverage this year. Of course, they're (laughs) the home – for the Super Bowl this year, it'll yes. be from SoFi Stadium in, on February 13th, which is a Sunday, obviously, for the Super Bowl this year. NBC will be broadcasting that game. Yep. Uh, week one, we said Cowboys, Buccaneers. Week two, uh, uh, week one, is still bears Rams on that Sunday. Week two, we'll have Kansas City at Baltimore. That should be a good one. Week three, Packers at 49ers. Week four, everybody's going to be watching this one. Oh, yeah. Tampa Bay at New England. Tom Brady's return to Foxborough
1: you gotta think that was intentional right they wanted to make of that course. They, wanted of course. To, they wanted to make that game you know sort of like the showcase game if not the monday mm-hmm. night or hey let's do it well we'll do it sunday night i mean that's one of that's like i think that's i think that's where they do very well there for mbc mm-hmm. so i'm like this that should be a fun one i know tom ray himself has already said he's looking forward to that game so it'll be mm-hmm. very interesting to see how both teams look that week after that should be a fun one, too. You got the Bills and the Chiefs in week five. Yes, the rematch, yeah, a- the
0: rematch of last year's AFC title game.
1: Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. Also, too, hopefully the Bills will get their revenge, i are hoping. Seattle versus Pittsburgh right after that in week six. That mm-hmm. should be a fun one. Colts at 49ers, we'll see how the 49ers look. Will we see Trey Lance by then? Maybe mm, we'll see. good one. All right, Cowboys and Minnesota—that should be. Yeah, you know, we'll see where both teams are. I mean, both teams are sort of like you know, there's a lot of you know expectations for them this year. We'll we'll get to it once we start doing our divisional previews and whatnot. You know, in a couple mm-hmm. of months, but that should be an interesting one. Um, Titans and Rams. I mean, again, we'll see where both teams are by week nine. But you know, we'll we'll see. That should be a, a good one too.
0: Yep, it should be. So, of. Monday night. Uh, sorry, we'll go to Monday night Football in just a second. But wrapping up Sunday night, of course, later in the season. Hopefully, this game doesn't get flexed. But uh, you have the uh, the Packers and the Bears from Soldierville. Will Justin Fields be playing by then? Say bet will be yes. <laughs> will Aaron Rodgers be playing by then? Say bet will be definitely yes, barring injuries, of course. Uh, so the, the, that game could be a, a playoff implications, definitely for the Packers for sure. Will it be for the Bears? We shall see. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well also too, you know, after you know, after that Titans and Rams you got you know chiefs and Raiders that should be interesting we 'll see where both teams are by then. Steelers and mm-hmm. chargers again we 'll see if these games will get flexed we 'll see where both teams are AFC North these two teams you know play each other you know of course it 's going to have to do it once in prime time. you got the Browns and the mm-hmm. Ravens look book Browns a lot of people are expecting a lot from you guys this year, so you better not be sticking it up, sticking it up by the time week twelve hits. Um uh 49ers and Seahawks, you know, for week thirteen. That should mm-hmm. be a fun one, assuming that doesn't get flexed. Saints and Bucks. Yeah, those both... who
0: always play a classic game zone on prime time, especially on Sunday night.
1: Absolutely, in primetime time in general. Um Saints mm-hmm. and uh Bucks in week 15 again. We'll see where the Saints are, assuming that Tampa will be up there too. This will, this could probably be for the NF for the NFC South. Um mm-hmm. Washington, uh Dallas, same thing, assuming that. Those, that game doesn't get flexed either. So, so very interesting Sunday night matches. Again, we'll see how it looks once, you know, the season starts. But there should be, there's definitely some good ones there, no doubt.
0: Yep. Let's head over to Monday Night Football. Just a few games to highlight for you guys. Of course, week one, as we mentioned, um, the Ravens at, at the Raiders. Uh, Also, the games will be seen on ABC this year, so you get simulcast Mm -hmm. there. Week two, you have Detroit at Green Bay. Uh, Dan kneecaps Campbell against uh, Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field. Of course, week three, you'll have Eagles and Cowboys. Um, from Texas Stadium, uh, Jerry's World. Uh, so the NFC East matches up right there. Week five, you have the, uh, Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens, the, uh, the old uh, Baltimore Colts. <laughs> now mm-hmm. Indianapolis Colts, obviously, and then the new uh, Baltimore team in the, in the Ravens of so historic proportions there. Uh, week six, you have Buffalo at Tennessee. That should be a good one. And then. Week 7, the Saints at the Seahawks from CenturyLink. I don't know what the new stadium is now, and I don't care, but that should be a good one, especially with the fans being back this year. Uh, Week 8, you have the New York Giants at the Kansas City Chiefs. Then, of course, you mentioned earlier, Lakina with the Bears schedule. The Bears will take on the Steelers from Pittsburgh. And then after that, I'm looking forward to this one. November 15th, the Rams at the 49ers.
1: That should be a fun one there. Um, uh, let's see, week thirteen. We'll see where the where the Patriots will be at that point. You know, the Patriots go mm-hmm. to Buffalo to play the Bills? Um, the week after that, you got the Rails and the Cardinals. Those two always have <laughs> all, always have a history mm-hmm. mess up between those two NFC West rivals, uh, Vikings and Bears. Again, you know, there's always you know they are, they have their history too as well. Dolphins, mm-hmm. and, Dolphins and Dolphins say sort of weird to have this inter-inter conference match this late in the season, but we'll see what happens there. And you know, the last one, um, Browns and Steelers could very well end up being for the AFC North again. We'll see what happens, mm-hmm. but that's your Monday night slate.
0: All right, and our last primetime look at the uh, pri- uh, last look at the primetime schedule is Thursday night football. Course this year will be on NFL Network in. Oh, i will be on uh, NFL Network and, believe, Fox. If, yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, yes I see Fox. it here. NFL Network and Fox. And, of course, next year will be exclusively on Amazon Prime. But this year it will be on Fox, NFL Network, and Prime Video. Of course, the opening week will be Thursday, September 16th, the New York Giants at the Washington football team. And, of course, the following week will be week three, the Thursday, September 23rd. We'll have Carolina at Houston. Will Deshaun wants to be playing by then? We shall see. And, of course, the following week, week four, September 30th, you have Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Trevor Lawrence making his primetime debut against second-year man. Hopefully he'll be back by then. Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals.
1: Ah, uh, that should be a fun one there. And the week after that, you got the Rams and the Seahawks. You know those two. My are birthday, all,
0: yes. We get yeah, a competitive so, game with two good teams.
1: Yeah, that's your birthday present, since he's foxy. They, yeah. were, thinking, <laughs> they, were, thinking, they were thinking about you, uh, Sid. Yeah. Uh, the week Hopefully, after, the White
0: Sox will be in the playoffs by then too. But we'll get to baseball later. <laughs> we'll
1: get to them later. But uh, yeah, uh, Bucks and Eagles the week after that. That should be not, That should be a good one. I mean, look, Jalen. Yeah. We'll see. Look, we'll see how the Eagles look by then. You know, they may they mm-hmm. may actually look pretty good. Um. Denver and Cleveland, you know, I doubt Aaron Rodgers will be in a Broncos uniform. I don't think that's going to happen. We've said that already. <laughs> I know. Sorry, Denver fans. I know I, I got a friend out there, Brad, who lives out in Denver. But he, I know he's hoping that will be the case. But I don't think it'll happen. Uh, the week after, that should be a good one, too. Yeah, Packers and Cardinals. That should yes. be a fun one there between those two. Um, you know, Ravens and Dolphins—they had a—they had a, a pretty—they've had some pretty good matchups over the years. So we'll see where both teams are by then. That's the Week Ten mm-hmm. Thursday Nighter. Um, let's see. Uh, thir- week Thirteen: Cowboys and Saints—that should be a fun one. Um, mm-hmm. Steelers and. Steelers and Vikings, we'll see where both teams are by then. Um, week 15, you know, look, they've, look, these two teams have had their Thursday night sort of square-offs, you know, Chargers and Chiefs. Yes, they. You know, Chargers both mm-hmm. the Chiefs. We'll see where both teams are by then. And the, the capper to that, to that slate, uh, San Fran and Tennessee, we'll see where both teams are by then. Hopefully both will be, you know, by for mm-hmm. their respective divisions or at the very least by for playoff spots by the time they meet up.
0: Yep, and then the last two games for Sun for uh, Thursday night football this year will be on Christmas uh, Day. That Saturday's December twenty sixth at four thirty, will Cle- at uh, Cleveland at Green Bay, then followed by Indianapolis at Arizona. So on paper, good matchups here. Lakina, you forgot one game before we move on. Week eleven, uh, November eighteenth for Thursday night. The rematch of the Super Bowl from a couple years ago. New England at, at Atlanta.
1: <laughs> well well, there's a well, like I said, we won't know how both teams look. I mean <laughs> But uh, look, <laughs> well will Matt will Matt Ryan still be in the Falcons uniform? Will Julio Jones still be in a Falcons uniform? <laughs> you know, look, they've got a total Good question. <laughs> I mean, they've got a brand new coach and staff. So, again, we'll see how both teams look by the time that that matchup hits. I mean, hopefully we'll get a decent game, but Mm -hmm. we'll see. I mean, look, I mean, these matches are pretty good set on paper, all these matchups. Again, you know, Philly doesn't have to go. They don't have to go like west of the the Mississippi River after, I think, like November, early November. They're all good. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, remember, the Bears, don't, they, have like old, they don't have, like, back-to-back home games. They don't have back-to-back um, road games. It's like the third or fourth time that's happened. And, yeah, like, I
0: found that to be weird when I looked through it. I was like, yeah, they don't have any consecutive home games. And then looking no at the road, road, games, road the yeah. same thing. Yeah, yeah, like, that's weird. but
1: Yeah, it, it, it's rare, you know. I, th- I, th- I think Kyle Brandt had a stat that said that the three other teams that have had that – you know, the other three teams won the division – but like, okay, okay, Kyle. Like, yeah, <laughs> you gotta really be sort of like into that. But I, I, I don't believe that. But okay, yeah, I want to believe that stat. You know, go ahead. But, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, but I, I don't think that's gonna happen with the Bears, like I said. But you know, I mean, look, these are like the well, once. Look, once we get to our playoff, you know, our divisional previews and whatnot. But look, all these, all these matches look really good. And then I have to say that, you know, I can't wait for the season to start. It should be a lot of fun.
0: Yes, and we'll definitely have fans back in the stands and um, things should get back to normal uh, as soon as possible. Like I said, I'm really excited for this upcoming 2021 season. Uh, It's going to be a whole lot different than it was a year ago. Many people didn't think that we would have football last year. We got it even though there was no fans in the stands for the most part except for in a few places. We got a few cities with uh, fans as the playoffs went along last year, but this year uh, things are starting to head back towards normalcy and, uh, and and I cannot wait. Like I said, this this preseason is going to be interesting because you're going to have some fans back in the stands, and we're going to have one less preseason games, four down to three. So things look like it's starting to get back to normal, and the NFL is leading that chart, so I'm happy for that. Also, you're listening to the week-
1: Also, real quick go before, before before we move on, the Thanksgiving game, in addition to the Bears-Lions, you got Raiders and Cowboys, oh, yes. and also to the mm-hmm. nightcap will be Bills and Saints. So Thanksgiving games, should this should be pretty good. Hopefully none of them will be stinkers. <laughs>
0: Exactly, exactly. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown, which is me. Lakina, since we have a few minutes left in our segment, let's go to the NBA. Let's talk about the Chicago Bulls first. Uh, uh, their last game, which was on Thursday, they defeated the Toronto Raptors 114 mm-hmm. to 102. They have two games left uh, in the regular season. Today, if you're listening to us via podcast form on Saturday, which is today, they have an early game. Uh, in Brooklyn, New York, at noon Central Standard Time against the Brooklyn Nets. And, of course, tomorrow they'll close out the season uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks at 8 o'clock at the United Center. Laquina, they looked good on Thursday uh, against the Raptors. I know they're still clinging on to hope as far as uh, participating for the playoff tournament. But I was encouraged by a couple players. Uh, Kobe White had 17 points, 10 dimes. As I said before, he's a good guy to come off the bench uh, for this team should, uh, should uh, the new management decide to keep him. Zach Levine led uh, the team with 24 points, including three of seven for three-point shooting range. Laurie Marketing could his be his last moments as a Chicago Bull. He went six and nine from three-point land for a total of 20 points. Overall, he and he grabbed seven rebounds. Lakina. I know Toronto's been undermanned all year, but I like some things that I saw from from the Bulls. As we said before, Likina, uh, this season was about player uh, uh, evaluation, and, and we, we also said on this show whether the Bulls were going to make it to the playoffs or not. Who's going to show the heart? Who's going to show the fight? You still have something to, to play for, whether it's on the Bulls next year or, or whether it's going to be on another team. This team uh, played together on Thursday night, and hopefully they finish out the year on a good note whether they participate in the playoffs or not
1: it's all the it's all about making yourself look good to potential free agents this is yes. how it is i know some people like our buddy matt peck wants them to take <laughs> 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 look i mean considering that that toronto had like half their g-league team out there on thursday i mean that wasn't gonna happen so you know look look we got valid scoring for the bulls i mean look you know Kobe White's been playing very well lately. I, I think he's still going to be there. I, I think I think A. K. Eversley. I think they're. Yeah, I think they really like what Kobe's been doing. I mean, look. I know Mark is trying to show. I think he's trying to finally trying to show some stuff. But if he if he saw um, Billy Donovan's comments after that game. It doesn't sound like Mark is going to be around by the by the end of the season on some, tomorrow, so I don't think that's going to happen. But look, we could have seen this lowering market for about a month, you know, over before the trade deadline. But you know, again, that's neither here nor there at this point. But right, <laughs> but you know, look, you know, had another double double, you know, Levine led the way with twenty four. That's you know doing his thing too. I think. Look, the 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 look. The thing with this season is that you want to make yourself look good. It's about player evaluation, talent evaluation, and okay, who is the, who are the players that you use as, as building blocks to like who you for next season and beyond. Look, I think Levine, Vooch, I think Kobe White, P. Will. That is like I said, he wants to stay, so we'll see if you know. I'm sure they'll try to make that happen. Markman mm-hmm. will probably see the last of him these these next couple last couple of games um i know i know these has had some injury problems um i know brown jr too has has both had some injury issues but hopefully i hope both
0: those guys are brought back too yeah we'll see do.
1: yeah we'll see i hope they are both brought back you know denzel's gone i know i'm sure felicio's gone too Sato's probably gone <laughs> so i mean look look i think the, i think the thing is to make yourself look good in, in front of potential free agents i think this is what this is about i know look i look i wish we could be where the knicks are right now but Again, this mm-hmm. roster is a little, that roster is a little bit better than, the, than than the Bulls. This Bulls roster roster right now. So, I'm look. I'm if we can kind of just, be, like you said, said, put up that fight for these last couple of games. Both the Nets and the Bucks still have incentives because they're trying to get back to get to that number. You know, those top two seeds is still up there for the ticket mm-hmm. for both of them. I think look, this is a this is a good start for them, and I and I hope that look just put up the fight. You know, look you're you look at the comments now. Hopefully, Chicago will be the destination now for free agents.
0: Yes, and, and like you said before, we, we're under new management now with Mark Eversley, the GM, and Arturis Karnisovicius as a, a new team president. And uh, there's been talk around uh, around the team that Zach Levine, who's up for he could be up for an extension this summer, he's talking about at least if you believe the reports that he's willing to sacrifice a few dollars uh, to uh, let uh, new management bring in a, a, a another piece. I'm not going to sit here and say that the Bulls are another piece away. They are, but they needed another piece to go along with himself and Vucevic. They also need a point guard. The question is, will the Bulls achieve both this summer? We shall see. I don't know if they are allowed to keep that Orlando pick, but if they are, they may they may select a point guard. Okay, now, you, you may not have to pay – you're not going to pay a whole lot of money for that point guard because you'll select him in that draft review if you're allowed to keep that pick from the Orlando Magic trade. But this team needs one more piece. It's, it's going to uh, take a trade because the free agent class is not that great this summer. I don't know how it is for next season, but I don't know for this upcoming summer, it's not that great. So you have to acquire that via trade. The question is how are you going to get that point guard, by that draft pick or by free agency?
1: Well, remember that 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 pick from Orlando is top four protected. So you could, if Mm -hmm. you do get the top four pick, you know, you could use that to get a point guard. I mean, exactly. You know, we'll we'll see about that, how that, you know, unfolds. But, but I think, like you said, I think next season's um, free agent class, that's why this is being brought up now about Zach perhaps maybe taking a slight discount, whatever that means. You know, (laughs) I I kind of wonder, like, whenever they say, oh, I'll take a slight discount, what does that mean? Look, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, Zach loves it here, for what we've heard, so and read. So he likes it here. Now that he was able to get boots you know, to recruit boots to come into Chicago to get that trade done. You know, AK was able to get that trade done. So again, we'll we'll see. I mean, look, this this team is like a couple of pieces away. But I think, look, if you could, if you could, you know, make some progress next year and perhaps maybe make yourself look even better to those big free agents, you got, mm-hmm. you're in a pretty good spot.
0: You are, and we'll see what happens with the team on the west side going forward. Lakina, since we have a few minutes left, uh, uh, let's get into the best and the worst of, from the week there that was in the NBA. Of course, the regular season ends tomorrow on Sunday. If you listen to us via the podcast form, I have a couple of games that we want to uh, get your quick takes on. Of okay. course, uh, we'll start. We'll start backwards. <laughs> uh, Thursday night's game between Portland and Phoenix. Charles Barkley went off at the end of the game. Portland had a chance to win and perhaps uh, avoid the, the playing tournament, but uh, things don't look good for them right now as of this recording. Uh, they lost to the Phoenix Suns by one point. Devin Booker was fouled. I still don't see a foul on that play, but that's uh, neither here or there. But Devin Booker made two of his free throws, which clinched the uh, the win for the Phoenix Suns. Of course, Phoenix along with Utah fighting for the top spot in the Western Conference. And then, of course, the Arisa Classic game took place earlier this week, uh, this past Tuesday at Staples Center. The New York Knicks and the Los Angeles Lakers, both AD, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James both played. It went into overtime. The Lakers barely escaped with the victory, but they are still dealing with injuries right now. I want to get your take on first uh, the Phoenix and Portland game on Thursday.
1: I saw that game, and it was just – it was – those last few minutes were probably like the craziest minutes we've probably have seen this year. I think they had like there was like about like six lead changes and a lot of mm-hmm. missed free throws and a lot of questionable calls on both ends. But you know, look, they had McCollum take the last shot. I think remember Portland didn't have any timeouts left, so they, they couldn't mm-hmm. set up for the whole like you know Dave, you know you know Dave at the end of the game. But <laughs> mm-hmm. we were we missed out on that. But look, that was a great game regardless. Phoenix needed that win because they had lost a couple of uh, tough ones mm-hmm. you know, prior to that, so they needed that win. Unfortunately, this was a bad loss for Portland. You know, we'll get to the, the schedule the, for this weekend in the you know in a minute, but you know, that that might have, you know that might have, you know, sealed their faith. Perhaps maybe they're probably gonna end up going to the playing game. Now as far as, you know, I, I saw a little bit of that Phoenix that uh, I mean I'm sorry, that that Lakers knicks game, that was another crazy one. I mean, like it had mm-hmm. Kuzma had to make some shots, late. Um, you can tell. Do that LeBron is still, you know, being hampered by that ankle? So I think he's gonna take mm-hmm. take his time. I'm sure, probably. And look, I think look, I think those guys, those supporting guys, finally stepped up. And I think the Lakers realized, mm-hmm. that, okay, you know, we better step up because we actually have a pretty good schedule after the next game. So we'll we'll talk about it. But it's it's good. Mm-hmm. Look, these this this weekend's game is gonna be because there's still a lot at stake. So let's get to yep. this weekend's games, Sid.
0: All right, starting with Saturday's games, which is today, if you listen to us via our podcast. Of course, the Bulls will face Brooklyn at noon. Also at noon, the Los Angeles Lakers will take on the Indiana, Indiana Pacers on the road. At the same time, the Charlotte Hornets will take on the New York Knicks from MSG. At 1 o'clock, Boston will face the Minnesota Timberwolves. Boston's reeling right now. They may have to sneak in the play-in game if they keep mm-hmm. losing. We'll see it back about that. The first of two back-to-backs between these two teams, Phoenix at San Antonio at one o'clock, and then the night nightcapper tonight will be the Miami Heat at the Milwaukee Bucks.
1: That should be a fun one there because they're you know definitely going to be jockeying for position in that. So mm-hmm. that should be a fun one going into tomorrow's matchups. This is the last game of the regular season, folks. You got mm-hmm. Boston and New York. That's the first game of that. ESPN double header, you mm-hmm. know, Boston, you know, they need to win this because they want to avoid the play-in. So, you know, they better get together there. Indiana, and Toronto, we'll see how, we'll see, you know, this all, you know, Indiana trying to avoid that play, trying to get like a better seat in the play-in. So we'll see what happens with that. Washington, you know, a quick shout out to uh, Russell Westbrook for his 182nd triple-double, breaking um, Oscar mm-hmm. Roberts' record for the most in one season um yep you know give a shout out there well we'll talk more about that in a, in a later podcast you know how we feel about that phoenix said that should be a fun one there because i think phoenix needs to win this to try to at least make it interesting for that number one seed in the mm-hmm. west and that second game of that espn doubleheader memphis and golden state Golden they sort of like just trying to jack you for positioning
0: Yes, yeah, so it's also to running out tomorrow's schedule, Cleveland and Brooklyn. That game may not mean anything, but it'll take place at 6 o'clock. Same with Houston and Atlanta. Miami and Detroit at 7 o'clock. The game may not mean anything in terms of seating. Miami's already clinched a spot in the playoffs. Of course, Milwaukee and Chicago from the United Center at 8 o'clock. You have Dallas and Minnesota. That game could mean something. At the same time at 8 o'clock is the Lakers at New Orleans. Against the Pelicans, of course, the Clippers at Oklahoma City. The Clippers will probably rest everybody by then. Denver at Portland at eight o'clock. That game could mean something. And the Utah Jazz will take on the Sacramento Kings at the same time at eight o'clock.
1: The, all those those games all probably mean something because Utah's trying to get that number one seed. They haven't mm-hmm. placed it yet. And,
0: and if Portland... Phoenix wins, yeah, I think not to cut you off, but if Phoenix wins early in the day, that game probably won't mean anything in terms for Utah. They'll well, probably also, sit there, guys.
1: Yeah, and also, to the Denver-Portland one, we'll see if Denver decides to rest their guys. I mean, Portland needs to, mm-hmm. to, needs to win and hopefully – and hope that the Lakers lose their last two so that they can avoid the play-in. They do have – the mm-hmm. Portland actually does have that tiebreaker against the Lakers, but, again, we'll see if that game means anything by the time – you know, they're all going to be playing at the same time, so there's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, before we take our break, LeCain, did you t- check out Thursday night's game between Miami and Philadelphia? Yes, I did. That was. <laughs> <laughs> Udonis Haslam.
1: Yes. <laughs> if we had a
0: special award, we would give it to him. I, I thought he he retired once LeBron James left Miami a few years ago, but he's still hanging around. Uh, the 40 year old, now NBA veteran, made his season debut on Thursday. The Miami, he blew out the Philadelphia 76ers, but that's not the story. In three minutes of action, he almost had the hockey hat trick, okay? Hey. I guess we can call it the the basketball hat trick. He scored a bucket. Drew a flop, yelled at Joel and B from the bench and he wrestled with Dwight Howard and got kicked out the game
1: yeah if that's so, not a,
0: a paycheck well earned I don't know what is
1: <laughs> yeah it, it's just it's just crazy that he does that uh, <laughs> like he's still look, like he's still getting checks and look you gotta give him I, I'll give him props for at least being able to actually still do that at his age so yeah. I'll I'll, I'll kind of let him slide and give him a mulligan on that so it, it's just it's just it was just that was this whole thing was just crazy yesterday uh um, on Thursday that was like I I didn't know that how that where that came from, but and also too the heat, you know, it happened having a really big win. So, but I think mm-hmm. they, but I think my, but I think Doc rested a lot of his guys. So I, I think that maybe that game really didn't mean anything too much to them. But you know, that was a nice win for Miami. and That was just a crazy mm-hmm. uh, moment there.
0: <laughs> and of course, the playing tournament will start on Tuesday. We'll have the matchups and and game time and game times uh, will be set, and we'll bring that to you on our next episode right here on Second City Sports. Lekina, like, let's take this 20-second timeout because on the flip side, we'll have Chicago veteran sports reporter and Hall of Famer, Mr. George Often. if you... Uh, our age and older, you remember him. He was one of the original guys from at that time WSCR, Chicago Sports Radio 820. He also has worked for NPR, WGN Radio, WBBM News Radio 780, and Chicago Webio as well, and Sports Phone. So mm-hmm. he'll be hopping on with us. We'll uh, get his take on the latest in Chicago sports. We'll go through his his, uh, his Hall of Fame career. And he's also uh, the host of a new pod- his new podcast called Tell me a story, I don't know. Season two will premiere next week. We'll get in a sneak peek to see what he has in store for season two of his podcast. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports, and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the second half of the weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style.
1: Zoom style?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown, which is me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKit80. Once again at SidKit80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80.
1: You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at McGee on the IG.
0: You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WARR Media. The video drops every Monday and every Friday right here on YouTube. Once again, every Monday and every Friday, the video version drops right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, that WARR Media a podcast version will drop every Tuesday and every Saturday at War on Anchor. Once again, every Tuesday and every Saturday, the audio version at War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that iHeartRadio app on all podcast platforms, which we are available at. Just type in that search engine box, W-A-R-R on Anchor. You can go to our website, uh, com for more details. And we're on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you in advance for your support.
1: <laughs> like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends.
0: As we always say on this show, we are unapologetically fun, and we're going to have some fun on this segment. It's our pleasure and honor to bring on our next guest. Uh, He's a Chicago sports reporter legend. He's a Hall of Famer. He has a Hall of Fame career. Uh, His work has... uh, been featured on NPR. He's one of the original guys from Chicago Sports Radio 670 The score. Back then, it was 820. Of course, he has worked for WBBM News Radio 780 and WGN Radio and sports phones for those that are older than us. It's our honor and our pleasure to welcome in the honorable Mr. George Offman. George, welcome to our show, sir. How are you today?
2: I'm great, and you're right. Sports phone is older than you guys. You're <laughs> absolutely right. <laughs> really it's amazing how many people respond to it uh, when we put something out, like the anniversary of it last year, and the hundreds of responses from people that, of course, have to be mm, at least forty-five, if not older than that, uh, because it began in actually it began in 1976 in New York, and then in November of 1977 here in Chicago, and I joined on on Christmas Eve of 1977, and the guy who took me through is Fred Hubner, And mm-hmm. Fred, of course, is still on ESPN yep. Uh, yep. radio here in Chicago, and our staff included Les Grobstein, who's still on the score, Ron Gleason, who was my boss three times, and of course, he's the program director at WBBM. Mm-hmm. So a lot yep. of people are still in the business, and a lot of people were spawned from that business. I can't even begin to tell you how many Luke Kanellis Uh, Jeff Joniak, Andrew Siciliano, who I interviewed yesterday. And I mean, it's just it's countless. And so that was our springboard to our successes to where today's springboard is this kind of stuff. It's a different technology. It's a
1: different world. It's interesting, though, how sports media evolves. You know, with all the new technology, with all the, you know, now you got this podcast format. Now a lot of us are mm-hmm. doing. So it's just, it's just crazy how everything kind of you know grows and evolves, and you know, just you know, the technology changes. But we just got to keep up with it. It's hard sometimes.
2: Well, it, it, absolutely. Listen, this thing, this thing changed everything. Okay, it completely changed yeah. what we do for a living. To where I was a sports. Anchor and reporter, and I knew years ago that I was the dinosaur of the dinosaurs in the industry. And then they started getting rid of us from the score, which really doesn't do updates anymore, mm-hmm. nor does um, WMVP. So WBBM News Radio and WGN are the only ones that still do it. That's it. And it used to be everywhere. Back in the 80s, when there was an explosion of radio here in Chicago, everybody did updates. That's what it was. But, you know, that phone has changed everything. And so, you know, they're getting the dinosaurs like me are becoming extinct.
0: (laughs) Oh, Well, we still love you, George. That's why we we have you on today. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Before we move on, we also forgot to mention that you're the host of of your new podcast called Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. uh, Season two will debut next week. We'll get into that as we go along this interview. But first, we want to start off by having uh, your takes on the latest in Chicago sports. Let's start off with baseball, which is hot right now. Of course, let's take it to the south side. My Chicago White Sox, as of this recording, have the best record in baseball. Of course, Tony LaRusso was uh, brought back as, as manager. Of course, people had their own opinions about it, but right now they're looking good despite injuries to Luis Robert and Elo Jimenez from, train, from uh, spring training. Uh, give us your assessments on how the White Sox look right now, and do you expect a World Series trophy by the end of the season, or do, you, <laughs> do they still have some ways to go?
2: Now, they have a ways to go, but right now they look like the best team in baseball. They're playing like the best team in baseball, and they're not missing two really important offensive players. And in the case of Luis Robert, an outstanding defensive player, they're not missing a beat because they're manufacturing runs without home runs. Who would have ever thought that the White Sox would be number one in a run differential in the major leagues and last in the American League in home runs? For a team that should have been put together and really was put together for more power, because their ballpark says we need power. I know this mm-hmm. from the number of years covering the White Sox at uh, what was then U.S. Cellular Field and you know now Guaranteed Rate Field. It's it's a home run hitters park, but they are manufacturing runs. I mean, it's number nine, number nine, number nine, number thirteen mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. A of runs. Their pitching has been outstanding, uh, and, and despite. You know, some guys who haven't really been up to snuff thus far this year, and their bullpen is coming around after a rather shaky start. You know, their defense is still questionable, though, gosh, Jose Abreu has really improved dramatically. Yes. Mm-hmm. And not just this year, we saw it a couple of years ago. I, you know, I was looking to some of the guys that were in the press box, and I said, gosh, is is, is Abreu looking better at first base? Well, the other day, just, you know, he, he had an outstanding game, making some great plays. And he has really turned into one of the best players in the American League. So, and they come off a sweep of the Minnesota Twins. I'm surprised they haven't fired their manager yet. And mm-hmm. the Royals are coming in, having lost 11 games in a row, as we are speaking now. So this is their division, I think, to lose. I, I don't think the Indians, despite having really good pitching, are going to be that competition as you go along. Sure, there's, you know, there's steps along the way. There'll be potholes. They're not going to be that great. But, I mean, to lose players like that, you remember what the immediate reaction was, don't you? Go out and get somebody to replace yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Luis Robert. Go out and get Chris Bryant. Go out and get this guy. And Rick Hahn is smart. He is looking. I know that.
1: But relax, hold on, let's see what
2: happens. You know what's <laughs> happened? All
1: they've done is won. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so let's go to Northside for a second, George. Um, the Cubs, you know, as of this quarter, they're 17 and 19. They're five games out of the National League Central. Now, they've been sort of up and down. You know, one day the pitching is great, but the hitting stinks, or the hitting's great and then the pitching stinks. I mean, do you think that the Cubs have any shot to, at the very least, sort of hang on to be kind of right there for the NL Central?
2: Uh, Hang on. But to be there for the NL Central, I doubt it. You're seeing the Cubs now up until the point when they start selling off players, which I think they will, as being nothing more than a 500 team for exactly what you just said, Keenan, and that is their inconsistency. They suddenly went from a team that couldn't hit at all at the beginning of the year to starting to hit. But their starting pitching has been very questionable. And the two guys that are supposed to be their best pitchers, Kyle Hendricks and Zach Davies, they've not really been very good. So I just see them kind of puttering along, winning a few, losing a few. But the big story for the Cubs will be who they trade and when.
0: All right. We are joined by a uh, Chicago legendary uh, sports reporter, George Offman. He's also the host of his own podcast called Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. He's he's joining us right here on the second City Sports Weekend Edition, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sidney Brown. George, let's stay with the Cubs for, for a moment. Uh, Javi Baez, Baez he... he Many fans and experts consider him to be their you know, their best player, but uh, he he struggled last year. This year, he's kind of been up and down. Do you see him as part of the future for the North side?
2: That's a really good question, Sydney. First of all, defensively, he's not had a really good year. Yeah. There are times where he doesn't appear to be totally in the game. Uh, he is certainly an offensive force because he can drive in runs, and he has yeah. been much better at the plate in the month of April, excuse me, May. He's striking out far fewer time. Remember, he's striking out at over a 40% rate. And then now it's gone down to under 20%, which is really good. I, I'm, I'm not sold on whether the Cubs are going to keep him. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, you know, Chris Bryant is having a wonderful year, albeit can he stay in one piece? He's got a little bit of an issue now. Uh, he's showing why he was an MVP, but he's also showing why he wasn't for a while. And that was because, because he wasn't 100% healthy over the last number of years. Yeah, uh, Keeping him will be really a matter of whether or not you want to pay the toe that his agent's going to want. And my guess is it's going to be too much. Um, Anthony Rizzo is the player most teams would like to have now. So I don't know how many of those three guys they're going to trade. They could trade all three of them. But I think it's a pretty foregone conclusion. They're going to trade at least one, if not two of those guys.
1: Well, let's go back to the White Sox for a second. You remember Mercedes is just hitting the lights out the ball right now. Both, you know, he can hit long ball, he hit the short ball. Do you think he can keep this up for the White Sox?
2: That's been the question. You know, the question after April was, when is he going to come down to earth? Apparently he's with the Mars Rover. He's still up there. He's not going anywhere. I mean, he is still hitting. It's not necessarily hitting for this massive home run power. I mean, he's getting his bat on the ball. I don't know how long it's going to be, but all I know is he's hitting 333 in the month of May. And as long as he keeps it up, you know, that that's, that's, I think been um, one of the great assets for the White Sox this year is when they lost to Jimenez, here comes this guy, Mercedes, who's made up for his offense. And remember, mm-hmm. you know, whenever Aloy Jimenez comes back, I think the White Sox would be smart to make sure that he never plays the field again. Well, you know, that, you know that Mercedes isn't going to be playing the field. But for right now, he is really helping their offense a great deal. I don't know when he's going to come down. He might not come down all year. <laughs>
0: Let's head over to the hardwood and talk about the Chicago Bulls. George, of course, they're led by new leadership in, uh, Arturis and Arturis Knistovic and GM Mark Eversley. Of course, the Bulls, it looks like they're going to miss the playoffs again for this season, but it looks like they're showing some signs heading towards next year. I'm hopeful as a Bulls fan that they'll uh, be a better team next year. Of course, at the, the Nikolai Vucevic trade back in March, they did show some signs, but you know the injury to Zach Levine really hurt them down the stretch, and so I have hope that the Bulls would uh, turn it around with under new leadership. What's your take on uh, the men in red?
2: Well, you know, if if this was an eighty-two game schedule, they could be on pace to win thirty-four games. It's not a lot, but they won Mm twenty-two last year. Plus, you know, Zach has missed games with injuries, and then of course he missed a slew of games because of the 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 coronavirus situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I. I like this management team. It was a very smart move to get Vucevic, but remember, he is 31, so you're going to have to make some moves in the offseason to become a playoff team, but as dangerous a playoff team as you can be. The problem is getting that other free agent to join the Bulls. Uh, You know, it's very possible they'll lose that first-round draft pick, which is, you know, uh, it is protected and Unless they manage to get up in the top four in the draft by hook or crook, they're going to lose that first round pick. So they're going to have to find the right combination of players next year. And there's going to be a slew of those guys this year that are not going to be with the team. Um, I don't know if Markkanen is going to be back. Uh, Kobe White is the type of guy who I think is better suited to be coming off the bench. Um, And more often than not, not being a lead guard, but a shooting guard because he could be a very explosive type player. But I think the arrow is pointing up. Is it pointing up to be a championship caliber team? Again, that all depends on what Karnasiewicz and Eversley are able to find in the open market, because this is the way that you win. Unfortunately, in the NBA today, which I don't like, is that all these star players decide to congregate with one team, and thus far, they have not decided to congregate with the Bulls.
1: <laughs> hopefully well, hopefully that changes. I got a whole new staff here. So hopefully that that'll change. Um George, let's go to the uh the gray liner for a second and talk about the Bears. Now, how encouraged are you by the you know the NFL that their NFL draft picks? You know, Justin Fields, you know, sort of the headliner there. So do you do you think that the, the arrow was pointing upward for them?
2: Um for the time being, that arrow is probably sideways, and it just depends on when Justin Fields will be anointed their quarterback. Uh, if he has a terrific training camp, and I don't know what training camp is going to look like this year there's nothing that says that management goes to Andy Dalton and said, "I know we promise you to be the starting quarterback, but we're going to put Justin Fields in there instead." Uh, they have a lot of gaping holes still. However, it was very vital for them to make this move. It fell in their lap, and they took advantage of it. If this was in the top 10 uh, to try to trade for, it, I doubt they would have done that. It would have cost them three first-round picks. As it is. It did cost them two first-round picks. But I think well worth it because they did get a consensus, top-flight draft choice, Franchise quarterback. That does not ensure that he will be a franchise quarterback. We've seen this many times before, but he certainly has the capabilities and qualities to be that kind of player. But the Bears are going to have to come up with a deal for Allen Robinson because that way they'll have a little more money to spend. They're going to have to come up with another wide receiver. They're going to have to come up with another cornerback. They're going to have to continue to repair their line. And remember, their defense is slowly well, maybe not so slowly, aging. Mm -hmm. And so that's all going to catch up somewhere. This is what happens when you make the mistake of the wrong quarterback, which they did Mm -hmm. with Mitch Yep, It It sets you back years. That even if you go get Justin Fields, it still may set you back for a while. Staying
0: with the Bears, uh, head coach Matt Neck, and I said this on our show before, George, that – I do not trust Matt Nagy to develop Justin Fields. We'll see down the road once uh, the, the games get going, training camp gets going. But last year we saw, even with the 5-1 and one start, the offense was terrible. It was led by the defense. And Matt Nagy couldn't wait to throw Nick Foles in there, of course. All the games that Foles played, all except for one, he threw an in- interception. As of right now, I do not trust Matt Nagy to develop Justin Fields. If you ask me uh, who has the more of the hot seat is Matt Nagy, even though this team was a playoff team last year. Ryan Pace will be here a couple more years after this year because of the pick of fields. But what is your assessment of head coach Matt Nagy? Do you think the hot seat should be turned up on him for this upcoming year?
2: Well, I I don't disagree that that he's got now he has the quarterback I think that he wants. Uh though in Trubisky, I'm not sure he developed him properly in the talents or lack thereof that he had to take advantage of. But now he has, I think, the quarterback he and Ryan Pace want. So I think the book is really out on him to not only be able to develop the quarterback, but to understand what a running back means to a team. Because I think there were times where he ignored the running game when he shouldn't have and actually admitted that he, that he did that. You may not have a franchise running back in David Montgomery, but he's not chopped liver either. And so you're going to have to have more of a balanced attack as you go along. In the meantime, let's assume that Andy Dalton will be the Bears' starting quarterback. He's not a very mobile quarterback. He's a veteran quarterback. He's had some good moments in the league. He's had some bad moments in the league. So let's assume for the moment that he is the starting quarterback. He might be the starting quarterback for the majority of the season. We don't know. Uh, this is a matter of taking advantage of his talents. And I think it's just as important. We see how Matt Nagy works with Andy Dalton as he does with Justin Fields. I, I really, I don't know what they're going to be able to do with Nick Foles. I don't think they can carry those three guys. I mean, Nick Foles to me is the odd man out in this situation where if Andy Dalton got injured, I think that Justin Fields would be the guy. I don't think Foles will be here, but again, he's got two years left on a deal and, and they're going to have to find a home for them.
1: Well, let's you, – you, you reiterated earlier, um, George. Let's talk about the, the defense for a second because they are getting older. They're, just about everybody on that side is over 30 at the very least or near 30. So do you think they can probably be a fraction of what they've been the last few years?
2: Well, they get Goldman back, and if he's healthy, he is definitely going to help help their run defense. That's something they really needed to work on last year. He's, he is going to help them. Uh, Robert Quinn, if he's twice as good as he was last year, will only be half as good as they expect him to be. And they're, getting, they're paying him a lot of money, and they're expecting a lot more from him, uh, particularly when it comes to sacks. Uh, and that takes a lot of pressure off a guy like Khalil Mack. But their secondary is a question mark. And I think you're going to see some of the quarterbacks in this league, and there are a lot of them they're going to be facing that are pretty good that are going to take advantage of that. I mean, they had to get rid of one of their best defensive uh, players because of money. Remember, the Bears don't have a whole lot of money to spend. So what they're going to be doing now, of course, is checking the waiver wire and hope that somebody falls to them that might be good enough to play.
0: Uh One last question on football, George, before we move on. Uh, This regarding to the Green Bay Packers, of course, the whole soccer with uh, quarterback Aaron Rodgers. We said on this show that uh, smart minds like us and yours, too, that I don't see Aaron Rodgers going anywhere. We saw earlier in this offseason Russell Wilson went on a day, Patrick radio show, and he aired out his frustration, and he's still with the Seattle uh, Seahawks as of now. Uh, Do you expect Aaron Rodgers to play at least one more year in the green and gold jersey?
2: Yes, I do. I don't think he's going anywhere because he can't go anywhere because they're not going to trade him. And if he says, I'm not going to play, he's going to have to give back $11 million if not more. And then he can go ask all the questions or give all the answers to Jeopardy. That's his issue. (laughs) (laughs) They they know, the Packers know, and and Rodgers knows that Jordan Love is not ready to play. I really didn't like what he did to the Packers when he made that announcement uh, on the day of the draft. You know, that was his way of getting even, and that's who Aaron Rodgers is. He is not the most pleasant person on earth. The bottom line is he's still very talented, and they won 13 games last year with him and made the playoffs. So, no, I don't think they're going to trade him, and no, I don't think he's going to retire. And that's unfortunate for Bears fans because that could be (laughs) two more losses. (laughs) (laughs)
1: exactly so uh let's go to college who's for a second george well we'll stick to local uh both depaul and loyola have new head coaches now which now which which program do you think although i think i think loyola probably has the the best ceiling because they're going to have a lot of their guys back next year except with cameron kobeck who's going to move on to the nba but you know which which program do you think is on you know sort of on its way up if you will
2: Well, I mean, Loyola, I don't think, is on its way up. Um, They may be even, they lost a very good player. I mean, he is, Cameron Crutwig was an outstanding player for them. And we're going to see how Valentine is able to take the talent that he has now and keep them competitive enough to win in the Missouri Valley. DePaul has been an issue for such a long time, it's been an eyesore uh the guy that they hired was not their first choice their first choice i believe was matter of fact their only choice was Kenny Payne and suddenly he decided that he wasn't going to come here they have issues of recruiting that has long been the issue you know i was i've been around long enough to have covered DePaul when they were the talk of the country albeit the choke of the country uh, when, you know, after the uh, final four in 1979 and all the first round bowouts with Mark Aguire and Terry Cummings, but they were still a very good program for a number of years. Once they fell off the map, they fell off the map and hard. And so, first of all, it's good that they finally made a change to get another coach. because The one they had is a good man, but it was the second time around for him and he was not successful. This is all about being able to recruit. We're also going to be able to see how long players decide to stay at school now that they're going to be paid. That could be an incentive for some of them not to be a one and done. But listen, if you think you can get a one and done that good, go get them. I think DePaul still has a way to go to prove, and we won't know anything because they have a new head coach to see who he recruits and how they play him. We're joined by Chicago Sports
0: Reporter and legend and Hall of Famer George Altman, the host of his own podcast, Tell Me a Story I Don't Know, on the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown. George, let's head over to hockey. Of course, this will be year number six since the Chicago Blackhawks have won their last Stanley Cup. Of course, that has been changed uh, throughout the years, of course, with retirements and injuries. Of course, this past season, uh, Captain Johnson Taves Taves uh, didn't play. It's all been about the young kids, of course, Uh, New head coach uh, Jeremy Collinson has settled in his role, and Stan Bowman, the GM, who I had my issues with over the last couple of years, it looks like he's going to have an extended stay for a while. Uh, What do you see in the future for the Blackhawks? Me personally, I think if they make the right moves this summer, they could be a playoff team next year, assuming that Jonathan Tames will come back healthy.
2: Well, first of all, I want to correct you. I'm not a Hall of Famer at this moment. I'm not even a Hall of Famer in my own house. But that may happen. <laughs> you we know, think of you as a Hall of Famer. Say, well, to okay. us, you are. To us, you are. Um, yeah. I think the – I don't really see the major talent that the Blackhawks have to be a Stanley Cup contender in the very near future. I think that Stan Bowman has made some good moves. I also think he's made some moves to go sideways. He does have a lot more money to spend now. He didn't have Jonathan Taves last year, who apparently is going to be healthy enough to play next season. But remember, he's going to be 32 and he missed the whole season. We're going to see what kind of player he is. Kirby Doc, of course, basically didn't play this season. And so they missed two guys that if they were there, maybe they sneak into the playoffs, but that's it. They have a young defensive core that has to replace the aging defensive core. And that's not been successful thus far. They still give up way too many shots on goal. Is Lankinen going to be their goaltender of the future? He was hot and cold, more hot than cold this season. And there were times that they were a a better team than you thought they were. But in the end, uh, with the new management team, which is, in essence, another Wurtz, this being Danny Wurtz, um, they, have, they have cast their lot with Stan Bowman. And so far, I don't see a boatload of talent the way they had uh, when they began the run for Stanley Cups that will be good enough for them to be on another roll for Stanley Cups. I don't see that kind of talent. Uh, I said this back in, what was it, 2018? I said they would never win another Stanley Cup. And back then, they still had Brent Seabrook was still playing okay. They had Keith, they had Seabrook, uh, they had Kane, they had Taves. They still had – Pat. Know, Patrick Sharp may have been in Dallas. But you could just kind of see where they were. And, of course, Corey Crawford had issues, you know, he had injury issues. And yeah. when he played, they were good. But, you know, ever since they got swept by uh, Nashville in that series when they had the best record in the league, this team has gone this way. And I'm not sure how much more they're going to go this way. I I don't see this sudden, we're going to be a Stanley Cup contender. It remains to be seen whether or not they can get this yet. And listen, they've they've gone out and they have changed the core. This year they played more rookies than any team's ever played, mm-hmm. which is a good thing, but it also exposed some of those players. So we'll see whether or not. Bodine can be a, a, a top-line defenseman, or Ian Mitchell can be a top-line defenseman. Right now, the answer to that question is probably no, which means they are still hunting for those players. You know, you want to be competitive? You can't let the other team get 35 shots on goal every game. Remember when the Hawks won the Stanley Cup? One year they won, they, they, they allowed only 25 shots on goal. That yep. is unbelievable. Nowadays, you allow 28, 29, 30, you're Okay. They're 35, 36. And that just means more chances for the other team to score. And as you could tell, plus they were in a division this year that was very odd. I don't know what the alignment will be next year. Hopefully it's not going to be the same alignment. You know, where they could beat you on that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They could beat to teams like Detroit, but you know, when it came to teams like Tampa and Carolina and Florida, they couldn't beat those teams. And those are teams that really don't belong in their division anyhow. So, but, but if they get back into the Reagan division, they still have to face teams like Colorado, yep. Minnesota, mm-hmm. St. Louis. And so yep. I just see, I, I don't see where suddenly the Blackhawks are going to be a contender depending on what they do in the off season. Could they be a playoff team next year? Um, We'll see, but so far they haven't been a playoff team. Really, they weren't a playoff team last year. They were they were allowed into the tournament, yeah. and I, and I say unfortunately Ooh-hoo. beat Edmonton and got everybody thinking. Oh, look how good
1: they are! Got <laughs> <laughs> everybody's hopes up there. So, yeah. um, let's go to the college gridiron for a second with um, Illinois. Brett Bielema comes back to coaching, comes back to the Big Ten. He'll be the new head coach over at Illinois. What do you think that he could do because that Big 10, that Big 10 West Division in football is probably you got Wisconsin. You know, what what do, you think he, what do you think he can do? Can he can he recruit deal you know, like, like he did? I mean, you know when he was at Wisconsin years ago, do you think Well, he, he
2: did it. At, he did it at Wisconsin, but he didn't do it at Arkansas, but yeah. he's a, certainly he's a cut above what they had for all these years in Lovie Smith. Illinois football has never been that's not their forte over there. Okay. (laughs) Football is not. Basketball is. Believe me, uh, Brad Underwood's got his work cut out for him as well. Yeah. But it has always been a tough grind for them. And that really has to do with recruiting. And so you've got to give, um, you've got to give him some time to see what he can recruit and develop. But I just think it was a positive that they finally made the move to let Lovie Smith go back to the NFL.
0: All right, George, let's get into your career. Of course, earlier you talked about your involvement with Sports Phone. Uh, of course, uh, we mentioned that you were one of the original guys hired at uh, the Score uh, uh, Sports Radio. Of course, yeah. back in 1992, uh, we didn't have a, a, a sports radio station that was 24 hours, which eventually went to 24 hours back in April of 1997. But uh, were you skeptical about joining this new venture? And who uh, contacted you to, to join up this new venture?
2: Was Ron Gleason, of course. Of course, of <laughs> he, course. Hired me. he hired me everywhere when I was uh, working in the industry. But
0: <laughs> a new um, audience no, changes I, I, every 15 minutes.
2: <laughs> I didn't. I, for what I was doing for a living, it was really a good thing to catch on with them. Um, I had some career decisions to make just a couple of months before then. I was offered a job to be a talk show host in Toronto. Uh, It was a wonderful opportunity to work with Bob McCowan, who uh, finally let go sometime last year after 40 years of being the top talk show host in Toronto and in the country. Mm -hmm. And it was a tough move not to go there, but I decided to gamble and gamble that I hoped that the score would call. And they eventually did, albeit it was almost when they went on the air. And so I was hired on my birthday, about five days before they went on the air. And I was hired, I think, the day after Mike Greenberg was hired. And so Greeny was there along with me. Uh, As far as being skeptical, I knew what my job was going to be. I was eventually going to be their sports anchor and reporter. And eventually, I would be doing a little bit of talk here and there. So I, I wasn't the type of guy who was looking at the ratings the way everybody else was. I just simply had my job to do. And I was very fortunate to be there for 17 years. And so it was a it was a good choice. It was a lucky choice, and it was also the smart choice to leave.
1: Now, now, George, going into your your new podcast now, wasn't a big you were. We were talking right before we start recording. you said it was sort of a, you know, it was sort of like a, a weird transition here. So, tell everyone how did you get from that to now hosting your own podcast? As we, we'll talk more about it in a couple of minutes.
2: Well, I was I was let go by WBBM as um, one of the you know Corona. Uh, casualties back in July of last year Uh, it was unexpected I thought I would be working there into my 70s and but I always had an idea for a podcast generally speaking it was something like what I'm doing now and it was just about two weeks after I was let go that I started slowly but surely forming what would be tell me a story I don't know it took a lot of learning I was you know podcast 101 And I had to get to Podcast 301 and had to get there in a hurry. And so when I thought we were going to get off the ground in November, when there was no sports last year, remember, there was no sports in November. I wasn't even close to being ready. There was so much to learn from graphics to to opens and how you want to kind of get right into things and what have you, and to change the whole music concept of everything. And, and to figure out, well, how what, what platforms am I going to use? Well, uh, you know, suddenly this young fellow named T.J. Reeves, who happens to be the pre- and post-game host and sideline reporter from the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers, joined my group, um, and he's been very helpful in putting us on the map. And and Will Hatzel, who does my editing, some of my editing and mixing, and T.T. Schenken, who... You know, I had an idea for the graphics, which I was told was an extremely important part of the podcast. People come to the, to the site. It's like when you go out and you buy an album or a book, you look at you see the cover right away. Yep. Well, I was told, come up with a really good graphic. I had an idea. She put it right on the paper and it was perfect. And it's our graphic now. And this is what we're doing. Uh, I knew that I had enough a cachet with all these people that I have known over the course of time from Michael Wilbon who, congratulations, is going into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. He's a Southsider and he's one of the nicest human beings I have ever met. He's a wonderful human being, tremendously talented. But knowing him, knowing Greeny from day one, knowing Bob Costas for over 40 years, knowing Kevin Harlan for over 40 years, knowing Keith Olbermann for 40 years, all these people I have worked with, Marv Albert, who I've known for even longer uh, when I was doing stats for him in 1979 with the New York Knicks, these are people that I've connected with. But we have so many people locally who are part of this, from Chuck Swirsky and Pat Hughes and Len Casper and Peggy Kaczynski, who we're going to feature, I think, in June, and she has a fabulous interview. Every one of these people is great. I just talked to Andrew Siciliano yesterday, and later today, I will be talking to Laura Oakman, the sideline reporter for Fox. Uh, All of them have great stories to tell, and they all have a connection to Chicago. There is some part of them That is Chicago. In the case of Keith Oberman, that connection is going to be a very funny connection that you'll all hear Mm -hmm. in in the coming weeks. He was almost hired by WMVP back in the 90s. So uh, I get a great joy talking to people, but it's all about them. It's all about their stories. And the interesting aspect about it is when you open the faucet, it flows just nonstop. It's amazing how many stories they tell. Sarah Kustak was wonderful in telling stories. And so I get a kick out of it. uh, And every one of these interviews, I wind up at the end saying, man, you were great. And they were, each and every one of them. (laughs) It's always funny to hear some of the stories. And I hope that the listener gets that same sense. Listen, if you are younger, you may not know some of these people, or you may not have experienced what they experienced. But it's interesting to hear them, like Bob Costas, whose first Super Bowl was the Bears Super Bowl. The 85 Bears, his first job, that was his first Super Bowl broadcasting. He also did Bulls games in 1980, 19 road games. He was the television voice of the Bulls before he went to NBC. He called the Sandberg game. You guys weren't alive for the Sandberg game, I don't think. (laughs) Uh, I was
0: four years old by then. (laughs) Were you
2: really? I was was two. I was two, yeah. 1985, I believe. Yep. Um, And of course, he was the voice of the last dance when Marv Albert wasn't at NBC at that time. Mm -hmm. So all of these people have wonderful connections. And I think that anybody who listens to it and you can get an an Apple podcast and Spotify, Google and the TuneIn app, you will be regaled with some great stories. And at the end of it, you're going to want to subscribe. So subscribe.
0: (laughs) That's right, subscribe. Subscribe Subscribe is
2: the most important word I've learned in the English language of podcasting. Subscribe (laughs) is the only word.
0: Yeah, that's what we always say on our show as well. We always say that.
2: That's
0: right. Legendary Chicago sports reporter George Offman is joining us right here on Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sidney Brown. George, you brought up the Chicago Bulls. And, of course, around this time last year, we were all stuck in our homes, and we watched The Last Dance, which I thought was a great documentary. Of course, if you really looked into it, it was a documentary of Michael Jordan that just used the 98 season as uh, the background. Of course, during your career, you covered all Chicago sports championships teams. Of course, you were there uh, on the front lines covering those six championship teams from the Chicago Bulls. Talk to us about uh, covering Michael Jordan. Uh, We all heard stories that he could be tough on the national media, even tougher on the local media. What was your personal experience with Mr. Jordan?
2: I had a great time with Michael. I thought he was very cordial to all of us. Uh, You know, he understood what marketing was all about. He loved to talk. He loved to really dress to the nines. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> to be, I will tell you a little story. He used to be, when he first came here, he was a customer at my brother's clothing store. And my brother was really smart. He tried to sign him to a contract, but he was a one-store operation, and, and uh, Michael went to uh, a larger chain, and eventually Michael became Michael. But he was, there were three waves of us when Michael would speak. My job was to make sure that I was in the front. How did I do that? I'm 5'7", I'm a wisp, and I could just get right <laughs> through everybody else. And sometimes people would say, well, how did you get in here? What? How do you think I got in here? I moved my <laughs> way in here because I'm not with the second group and I can't hold mm-hmm. a microphone from 10 feet away. Thanks very much. Michael was <laughs> gracious. I always enjoyed uh, being part of that. I uh, was part of when, when there wasn't that giant uh, conglomerate of media, I was able to follow him around a couple of his shoots. This would be 1985, 84, 86, before really he gained some massive fame. Mm -hmm. So he was fun to be around. Um, I don't particularly remember him being hard on the media. I mean, he had some people that he was hard on, like, you know, Sports Illustrated, who basically canceled (laughs) them for the baseball season. But he still was a joy to cover And to be sitting there for most of the time at the beginning of the Chicago Stadium and for a little while at the United Center, to be sitting in the first row on the court and watch this guy operate, I'm lucky. Those of us who had that chance were very lucky to see not only the greatest player in the game's history, but probably the greatest entertainer in the game's history as well.
1: Now besides Jordan who who what other Chicago athlete or team that you have some great camaraderie with?
2: Well, um, I was lucky enough to be in Philadelphia the night the Blackhawks won that f- first Stanley Cup the series of 3. I was with WGN and they you know the day before they <clears throat> approached me and said, "Would you like to cover game 6?" And I said, "Give me a second. Yes." <laughs> will
1: you, will you, will you <laughs>
2: So there I was, part of the broadcast team, and I'm in a hallway during the intermission before the overtime, because I get to go to sit on the bench. If they win, I'm on their bench, because I'm part of the team. Well, 30 seconds after they scored the goal, I'm on the bench, and then eventually I'm watching a Stanley Cup that's being hoisted near my head. And it was Mm. like, yo! The Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup, even though I'm a reporter, it was it was very awe-inspiring. Uh, I was in Houston when the White Sox won the World Series. Matter of fact, I was with them down the stretch for a whole bunch of cities that we traveled to, and that was just incredible to, to be there and to, to be part of a team that hadn't won a World Series in, I think it was, 88 years. I was not in Cleveland for the Cubs. I did cover the World Series, but that in itself was extraordinary to watch that that happen. So, um and to see the 85 Bears, they were an invincible team. And I will tell you that the, the argument will rage for a long time. Are they the greatest team in NFL history? I think they are. They they won the Super Bowl. They were 15 and 1, and they were just about all but unbeatable and pretty much vaporized all the teams that they played, especially in the playoffs. Remember, they shut out the Giants, they shut out the Rams, mm-hmm. and they just crushed the Patriots. Right. So that's a lot of fun. But there's been a lot of you know events that I've been to and uh, I was mentioning the other day about Pete Rose when Pete Rose tied the hit record. It happened to be at Wrigley field. And it was something that was not expected to happen on that Saturday when Pete Rose, you know, he was a switch hitter. And Steve Trout was supposed to pitch that day. He was a left-hander. And Rose was better left-handed hitting than right. So he's going to s- sit out the game. And what happens is that Trout falls off an exercise bicycle and can't pitch. So the right-hander throws and Rose plays and he gets (laughs) a hit. I'm a freelance reporter and I need an accountant to count the money I'm making that day. That's how much I appreciated that particular event. because (laughs) he made me a lot of money. Thank you, Pete Rose. But I've been very lucky to see a lot of sporting events uh, and see a lot of wonderful teams. I've seen a lot of dog teams in the city, but it's great to know that, you know, after the, uh Bulls or rather the Bears won the Super Bowl. You had six NBA titles uh by the by the Bulls. You had a World Series, Stanley Cups. They all won. It's nice to know that they all won in your lifetime.
0: Before I ask you my next question, uh going back to the Blackhawks when they clinched in, in Philadelphia in twenty ten, were the Philadelphia fans nice to you? You didn't get anything thrown at you, did mm-hmm.
2: you? No, I was all good, sorry, good. I was <laughs> hoping they're, they 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 were they, you know they 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 booed when they lofted the Stanley Cup. Most you know uh, fans will cheer no matter what. But no, I was in Philadelphia probably no more than thirty six hours. I was in and out of town as quick as you can say "get me out of Philadelphia." So no, I didn't have any issue with their fans. Thank goodness. Yeah, good. <laughs> did,
1: they find, did they ever find the puck though? I think that's like the the million dollar. The referee
2: took the puck. The referee took the puck. The, the young referee took that puck. Mm. And I believe uh, I believe he still has the puck. I'm not 100% sure of that, but he's the one who retrieved the puck from inside the net. Look, where even Doc Emmerich didn't know what was going on, but it was pretty apparent when the shot went in and you didn't see it again, it was a goal. And obviously Kane knew it was a goal, but his teammates didn't know it was a goal. And, and, and remember, Emmerich said, it's, it's one of the toughest moments I've ever had in my career. Yeah. It's the yeah. Stanley Cup championship goal, and I didn't know how to even call it. But it, when Kane threw up his gloves, you knew it was a goal. You couldn't see the puck anymore. <laughs> Except for the referee. He saw it and he took it. <laughs> if you ever see it on eBay, you know who's trying to make money off of it.
0: There you go. <laughs> <There's>
2: <laughs> going back to the
0: yeah, going back to the '85 Bears, George. Of course, we all know that uh, Steve McMichael is currently battling ALS. Uh, what was your personal interaction with with Mister McMichael?
2: Uh, I mean, I just would interview them uh, when they were here. Post, I didn't travel with the Bears. Um, but he was a very interesting fellow, to say the least. They had an incredibly entertaining team. That was the other part of the '85 Bears. They were not only a great football team, historically great, but they had myriad personalities from Jim McMahon, who I didn't care for, um, to uh, the fridge, to sweetness, you name it. They were, and, and of course, the Ditka. Uh, Ditka was, f- for what I was doing for a living, which was a freelancer, he was appointment Monday Every time they had a Monday press conference or if it was a Tuesday after a Monday night game, that was appointment being there because you never knew what was going to come out of his mouth. And he, he knew it too. So they were a band of entertainers, but in the end, they probably should have won two or three Super Bowls or at least appeared in two or three Super Bowls. And that was the biggest disappointment about the, that group of Bears players that had so many Hall of Famers that were such a great football team. The only reason why they didn't go to more Super Bowls is they just never had the quarterback. You know Jim McMahon was was injured in the year that they won the Super Bowl. He only threw fifteen touchdown passes. If I'm not mistaken, that's all he threw. Think about that for a minute.
1: Well, who else should be in the Hall of Fame for those '80s Bears teams? We know. Singletary's there, Dents there, Hamptons Jay there. Hildenberg,
2: Jay Hilgenberg should be there. I think. Colbert's, Thank you. Right? Yes,
1: yes, Colbert, yeah, Colbert's in there. Yeah, Jabril Colbert's there. Right.
2: No, yes. uh, Jay is. Jay's a. You know, he's. I think he's. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. McMichael should be in the Hall of Fame when you think about it for his position. I believe he was third all time in sacks, and he was a dominating figure. I mean, as good as Mike Singletary was. I'm not sure Singletary is the player he is without Steve McMichael. And so I think he probably belongs in the Hall of Fame as well. It's like I've argued about the Blackhawks, too. We had this discussion the other day, and nobody disagreed with me. Steve Larmer belongs in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Yes, yes totally. First of, all, first of all, his his jersey, there's no excuse by the Blackhawks. None. Mm-hmm. That number 28 should be hanging in the rafters yes. and should have been 20 years ago. Yep. And it's a big mistake. Mm-hmm. The Hawks have made don't know why they will not hang his jersey in the rafters. And the, and, and, and the NHL really has to re-examine this because he he mm-hmm. was a sensational player for the time he played in this league. I think Steve Larmer belongs in the Hall of Fame as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We're heading down the home stretch with Sh- legendary Chicago sports reporter, Mr. George Offman, the host of the podcast, Tell Me a Story I Don't Know, right here on Second City Sports, along with Laquina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. George, uh, let's go back to your days at uh, WSCR Chicago Sports Radio. Uh, you worked with great legends like Mike North and Dan Jiggins, Terry Boers, and Dave McNeil, and of course John DeHood, Mike Greenberg, and the next wave of stars. They came up in the '90s uh, through that on that station. Uh, what was it like uh, working at Forty Nine Forty Nine West Belmont Avenue? Because as a, a teenager listening to that station, uh, you guys told some great stories about uh, how you guys, I know you guys got on each other's nerves from a time or two, but it seemed <laughs> yeah, like see? uh, it was a great environment, <laughs> great environment <laughs> to, uh, to work at during those days, during the startup of that station. Uh,
2: 4949 Belmont, our studios, I have a closet bigger than our studios. It was very, <laughs> the building, you know, the building housed WXRT. We just, yes. we moved yes. in there and they, they made, you know, chop liver uh, out of molasses. It was amazing what that place was. But because it was so small, personalities were everywhere and you couldn't avoid them. Yeah. But, you know, my office, uh, you know, I, I shared with whoever the program director or the sports director was at the time. And then I would have a little closet where I would do all my editing and what have you. And there were times I'd be listening to North and I don't, didn't want to get out of that closet. I used to tell people, I'm coming out, I'm coming out of the closet, but for different reasons. Uh, and it was, it, was, uh, I mean, it was an experience, certainly, to watch the growth factor with the personality like Mike and how he meshed with Dan Jiggetts. Um Terry, who I and, I, and I say this with all due respect to any other talk show host in the city, is the best talk show host sports talk show host this city has ever had uh and he had a wonderful relationship with dan mcneil and then uh had a wonderful relationship with with uh, dan mcneil uh, dan bernstein so that's you know it's not often that you could see that happen but the, the linchpin there was terry incredibly quick-witted you had to listen quickly to hear some of the lines a lot of people wouldn't laugh but i would because i i caught them, it, and really smart and knows his sports. Um, and uh, for me, legendary when the O.J. Simpson situation came up and Terry took on all comers and it was appointment radio for like a year. It was just really great radio. So, I mean, the station has evolved and it's still strong. It's got different personalities. It's 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 a little different sounding, but it's an important part of the fabric of the city. Both radio stations are, WSCR and WMVP. I listen to it now and then. I don't listen to it as often, but sometimes it, it gets, it's intriguing and it's worth to listen to. But to be on the ground floor was was exciting. It was fun and I had 17 pretty good years there.
1: And very deserving of that, George. Um, do you think a third sports radio station here in Chicago, especially in this climate, could work?
2: No. If you look at the ratings, if WMVP was last in the ratings recently, I'm not sure you can get a third one into the books. The second one needs to dig its way out. So, no, I don't, I don't think so. And, and, you know, I think sports is being devalued a little bit. And as You can see the ratings for the station since the uh, pandemic have gone down quite a bit. So, no, I think uh, two's company and three would be having too many people on the boat.
0: Yeah, we talked about it earlier, George, uh, before we started recording about podcasts. And we, of course, we have streaming and we have so many options that yes. we can watch our programs, including sports. You were also part of another beginning venture, which didn't go so well, uh, called Chicago Sports uh, yes. Webio. Uh, you guys were really at the forefront of what we are experiencing now. Tell us a- a- about that experience and what were you guys trying to do uh, in well, a sports radio game?
2: Obviously, you know, that went under because it was being funded by a Ponzi scheme by a person who had already been in jail for for, uh, a Ponzi scheme. And and there were a few people, I think, that kind of knew who he was, but never said anything about it. And so people were duped by him. Um, You know, I think a lot of people wanted to be on the ground floor of that. And uh, unfortunately, it only lasted, uh, I think it was nine weeks And yet with all of that, I was sent to Calgary, Vancouver and Detroit to cover the Blackhawks. Mm -hmm. And then we made one switch uh, where Jesse Rogers went to cover the Hawks and I went to Boston to cover a fabulous playoff game between the Bulls and Celtics, that series that had several double overtimes and a triple overtime. And I was at the double overtime at the TD Garden and that was like, holy crap, what a game that was, you know. So, so I did a lot of traveling, um, and I so I got a lot out of that. It was it was a it was a lot of fun, uh, you know, to be in, in those particular cities. Calgary, I'll always remember. I arrived; it was 65, and when I left, there was an ice storm, and you couldn't even walk on the streets. I mean, they don't get rid they don't get rid of ice the way they do. They can't. They don't put salt down. And so, you know, I would have been better off with a pair of skates than just a pair of <laughs> shoes or sneakers walking across the street were, trying to get a donut and almost dying doing that. But then going to Vancouver, which was a lovely city and being able to, you know, grab a bike and do Stanley Park and then go to Detroit and watch this young Blackhawks team. And you knew they were going to be really good. And to be part of that was a whole great deal of fun. But it went under and... Uh, and what happened after that was a, a series of mishaps for me because I suddenly, uh, you know, I'm looking for work. And uh, the great Dave Ennett, those of us who know him call him the great Dave Ennett, uh, finally in July offered me a chance to come do some part-time work. The only problem is I had developed something that I thought was laryngitis. It turned out to be a paralyzed vocal cord and I could not speak for three months. And finally, I had a procedure done so that I could talk again and I got my voice back and I went there and one thing led to another. And at age 56, I got hired by WDBM and worked there for 10 years. So you never know how a career is going to go. You never know how things are going to develop. But the one thing I've learned is, uh, you know, stay with it. If you, if you have a dream, keep following it, which is what I've been doing. And now I'm following it in a podcast. I'm not done yet.
1: No, no, you're not, not by any stretch. So, last question for me, George. Um, is there was there like an athlete or a team that you really that kind of you know didn't really treat you well or were you not too crazy about?
2: Oh, there's all there's a there's clearly you know athletes who you know you may not get along with it yet. But I've always said the first locker room I covered was the worst that was the Cubs of 1978, oh. which included. Dave Kingman, um, Barry Foote, who was tough to talk to then, but turned out to be a really wonderful guy. Jerry Martin, Herman Franks, the manager, was a rotten Bill Buckner who didn't want to be there. Eventually, Bobby (laughs) Bobby Mercer, who definitely didn't want to be there. These are guys you walked into that locker room, which back then was a tiny locker room all the way down the left field line. I mean, that was the size of a closet. And they were just rotten to talk to. And I've never had a locker room since then that was that bad. So, yeah, there are there's going to be athletes that are difficult, but you like to think of the ones that were were good to talk to, and there were many of those. And, uh, and I, I covered in enough games to where I'm saying today, I, I hope I never cover another game. <laughs> I, I've had, I've had, I like watching them. I just don't want to cover them anymore.
0: All right, there was a legendary Chicago sports reporter in the Hall of Famer in our hearts, Mr. George Offman. Thank He's you. also a ho- yeah. host of his own podcast, Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. I Don't know. Season 2 premieres uh, next week. Uh, who's your first guest?
2: It's on Tuesday, and I'm not telling. However, okay. however, if you check out the graphic, you may get an idea of who that guest just might be. But it'll be, uh, we release it every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Uh, and Again, you can get it on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google. All I'll tell you is once you listen to that one, go back, subscribe, and then go back. And you can hear some of the ones that we did in the first season. And there's so many wonderful people that we've already interviewed. And we've got a lot more coming up. And we've got more that I'm already scheduling for our fall season now. So uh, we'll be around for a while. It's, it's a wonderful podcast, and thanks for letting me uh, uh, do this with you.
0: Yeah, no Thanks. problem. It's a yeah, it's a great podcast and we support you. We hope all of our yes. listeners and viewers will support you as well. He could be followed on Twitter and Instagram at George Offman. That's one F George O F. Very very good.
2: That's it. They see this is the guy Sydney did it right. You know, people I, my my name has been misspelled from Hoffman with two Fs to Hoffman to Austin to, yeah. to, to, to <laughs> you know, to Rabinowitz, I don't know who came up with that one, but it's all <laughs> one fman Yes, you'll find me on, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and that's the easiest way to get me.
1: <laughs> subscribe, you say Bob, it after-
2: subscribe. Yeah. subscribe. Subscribe. In capital yes. letters, all of them, neon, subscribe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you say it after every episode, people listen and pay attention, so there's no excuse. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very thank you very much once again sir for joining us here today. Hopefully we could do this again sometime down the road. You keep up the great work and we'll we'll talk hopefully we'll talk again soon. Thanks
1: you guys us. do the
2: same. Thank you both of you. I appreciate thank it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So no subscribe problem. folks. Subscribe.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> Good.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful! Earth. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Now I now I have to get my voice back for
0: once again. That was Mr. George Offman, legendary Chicago sports reporter, and he's a hall of famer in our hearts. Uh, as yes. we mentioned before, uh, with all his credentials from NPR to Sports Phone to uh, the, one of the original guys at uh, WSCR Chicago Sports Radio, WBBM, and WGN Radio, uh, he was great Oof. with us. Uh, I hope you guys got a. a a lesson out of there, especially for guys that are doing what younger. we're doing, and for those people that are younger that want to do what we do. If you heard his message toward the end of this interview, if you don't take something from it, there's something wrong with you. Uh, uh, I'm glad that he joined us uh, today. And as I mentioned during the interview, Luke, uh, you and I both around the same age, yeah. okay? And, uh, listening to the score and before we came ESPN, that other station, it was just WMVP back in the uh, early to mid-90s those were just great times just yes. listening to something uh start up like that about those stations growing for, growing to what it has become, but particularly mentioning the, the score uh, um, with George Offman. Just uh, listening to him with the Jiggins and northern and then with the heavy field crew, with Dan McNeil and Terry Borza. Yeah. It, 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 um, those were just great times. Of course, as I mentioned, some of the newer names that came up uh, out of that station in the business at that time, John The Hood, Jason Goff, Matt Spiegel, Matt Fishman, and some of the other guys I, I forgot to mention. Uh, Jerry Riles, who I yes. met uh, many moons ago um, working with the Dean Davis Show. Those guys were the pioneers as well. If I've got any names, blame the mind, not the heart, but uh, <laughs> listening uh, as a teenager... That was something I wanted to do. Of course, we're doing it right now. Uh, In my wildest dreams, I didn't think I'd get a chance to talk to a legend like Mr. Often, but I'm glad we did it today. So I have no apologies here. I'm glad we did it. hope you guys got something out of it. And please subscribe to his new podcast. Tell me a story I don't know. Uh, This is a perfect time this weekend. I know it's going to be nice, out, but if you missed any episodes from season one, please uh, get caught up on them. Season two premieres on Tuesday, as he said, every uh, Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. So support him just the way you support us, support him because uh, he's doing a great job.
1: Yeah, like, share, subscribe, subscribe especially, and tell yes. your friends. Yes. <laughs> and tell your friends too. Yes. So yeah, I mean, you know, 50, you know, over fi- almost 50 years in the business and, you know, just mm-hmm. still doing it in podcast form. I mean, he, he is a legend. And, you know, look, you know, if you guys didn't like this interview, I don't know what's wrong with you because mm-hmm. he is just, you know, they still doing a great job if you listen to this podcast mm-hmm. you know he'll look we could have went off for a whole two hours with George I'm glad exactly was, I'm glad I was ready was, to go already. Yeah, <laughs> I I know, right? hour. But yeah I know well, hopefully we hopefully will hopefully will next time we bring him on but yeah so mm-hmm. look, please subscribe to this podcast folks so the way you support yes. us to support him and just you know it's you know just you, you won't you won't regret it we promise even, as, even the younger folks you'll you'll learn some stories yes. from him no doubts
0: yes uh, I have two words before we end this program. Mic drop. There you go. closes out.
1: All right. You follow me, Akina McGee, on the Twitter, and Akina going to be on the IG.
0: You can follow yours truly, Cindy Brown, on the Twitter and on on the, on the IG photo. at CK80. Okay. Once again, that's CK80. That's sidkid I D eight zero. That's sidkid I D eight zero, And... You can subscribe to this podcast right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WARR Media. You can find the video version of this podcast, Second City Sports, dropping every Monday and every Friday. Once again, every Monday and every Friday right here on YouTube at War Media. W-A-R-R Media. You can subscribe to our podcast version at War on Anger. New episodes drop every Tuesday and every Saturday. Once again, every Tuesday and every Saturday, our podcast version at War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that iHeartRadio app. On all podcast platforms we, where we are available, type in that search engine box, W-A-R-R on Anchor. You can go to our website, wearearecorradio.com, and you can follow us on all social media platforms, including right here on YouTube. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and right here on YouTube.
1: Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Subscribe, folks. That's going to be the yeah, – subscribe. Gonna really, that's sure
0: going to be our new buzzword at the end. Yeah. Subscribe. subscribe. right. <laughs> We're brought to you by the word,
1: subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For, for Sid, I'm Lakina. Enjoy the winner, but listen to George's podcast, folks. <laughs> this yes. is the Second City Sports Zoo, and we'll see you next week. Until next time, Holla.